Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Backpacking and blisters, we have returned for the moment. This is Derek Somerville, and alongside me today is the only man is so adept in the wild that when he whispers sweet nothings from the mountain passes, all of the animals gather together as a team and they clean up his poop. Like he doesn't even have to bury it; he doesn't do anything with it. They clean it up <laughs> for him. He is. He's like. He's just like the mountain whisperer with the animals. So, Carl, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. And with me today is Derek Somerville, a man who knew while on the trail that I was going to have him choose to carry some of my stuff, and yet he still did it. I did. I did. Prediction confirmed. Prediction confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today, dude. We have a lot to we talk do. about. We'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that. I'm excited. So it's been a while. Yeah. And, and last year, we actually recorded from the trail. Mm. And we and I brought the stuff to record from the trail this time, but it did not happen. No, we were just too busy or too... <laughs> too busy. Too busy. Got a lot going on out there. A lot of stuff going on. <laughs> or we were just too tired. The group, you know, you got to yeah. get the whole group on board, and it just it didn't happen, which is okay. Well, it, it sort of happened. Here's the issue. I'm going to tell you straight up. Here's the issue. We one day slept until we had some guys sleep until 9:30 in the morning. That was glorious. Yeah. yeah. 9:30 in the morning. That's on a backpacking trip. How does it happen? We're in a valley, tall trees. Sun mm. doesn't hit us, mm. and they kept on sleeping. Yeah. And so you might think, okay, well, that's cutting into our hiking time, which it definitely did. But we we have guys on our trip that just simply like they don't get a lot of sleep when they're in their regular lives, and so mm. they caught up. Yeah, I was one of those. I'm guilty. Yeah. I'm guilty. I don't think you slept till 9.30. Nah, not 9.30, no. I was not that late. No, no, late. Either way, it didn't happen, so we're going to do a trip report and cover some things that hopefully are going to be relevant to everyone out there. Mm. And But before we do that, we're going to hit the tidbits. Tidbits. So, do it. So, Derek, we know we had our, our like kind of annual big guys trip, but we also had another trip, not you, of course, but right. we had the FKT from earlier in July. Yeah. And, yeah, so so we did that, Rocky, Jared, and I. Yep. We pulled it off. We survived. We did. And what was your prediction again for the time on that? So I, I thought you guys were going to get over 15 hours just due to the fact, not because you can't hike fast, but because of the fact that you, you know, 
people get distracted on the trail with right. various things. So I was happy <laughs> distracted. to. I, I was happy over here. Well, I don't know. I was happy to find out that you guys beat that time. And uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was a really good time. What was your time again? Thirteen thirteen. So it's thirteen thirteen, and we had two hours of non-moving time. So it was like eleven mm. thirteen of actual moving time. But the, but that was involving like kind of waiting up for some people at times. Right. That involved water filtration, which took way longer than I thought it would. Mm. And more on that later. And then uh, just, I guess we kind of stopped and talked to some hikers along the way. We saw a ton of backpackers out there. So, yeah. But in the end, we have the FKT mm. for the Southern Loop mm. of Lost Creek Wilderness. Yes. And throwing that challenge out there, I think it'll be beaten by somebody who's easily better than us so we'll see what happens that's probably true but you had fun yeah. though you guys had fun though right? had a lot of fun so yeah i'll yeah. probably put out uh kind of a mini documentary on that maybe later i'll have to get to some editing on that but yeah. anyway and the last one i had is are we coming back for season three like are we coming back in september like to go full-on week-to-week episodes we're in baby we're in okay it's go time we we did get some we asked for some more reviews and we're still only getting a small fraction. I've estimated like four to five percent of our listeners have actually put a review out. I know that that not all apps do that, but uh, we appreciate the people that were willing to put a review out there. So thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. So Bible verse for the day is Second Timothy four thirteen. All right. So this is um, Paul talking here. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. And maybe not my drink mix. So <laughs> even Paul left gear behind at times, but he entrusted his brother, his bro in Christ, to return it to him. Mm. So my question to you, Derek, is is it okay to put that sort of trust in others for them to carry your stuff? Mm, it has to be okay. I mean, at some point it has to be. I like this. And I think, I think that requires time, though. I think that requires time. But okay. I think it's it's essential for deeper everything relationships, uh, friendships, all this stuff. So I, I don't think I was thinking that far into it when I. I'm going deep, man. Yeah, I'm going deep. No, I th- I think that when I tried to make you carry my stuff, I was just trying to, yeah, not not really like test our brotherhood. It was just simply like I just wanted you to carry my stuff. You want to do something cruel, and I. Showed you love in anyways. And that's, that's you know, that's what I try to do. All right, so and, here's how I do uh, it. Yeah. So, so we're at a rest stop, and we're, we're sitting there hanging out, and I pull out my food, my, like, you know, gallon size of, like, bag. It's got all my food in it. And mm. I, I don't know if I offered you something. Either way, I put it kind of in between us. And mm. then I started talking to one of the other guys, and then I just left. And I mm. left the food bag mm. right there next to you. Mm. And you had to decide what to do with that. <laughs> Here's what's funny about this is is I told one of the guys, I was like, I, I think this is the item Carl wants me to carry that I'm, you know, quote unquote, not going to be aware of that I'm carrying more weight, blah, 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 blah. So I was aware, but at the same time, I'm like, I can't just leave a bag of food here. What I should have done was like try to convince somebody else to carry it. Right. Uh, but then once I once it all came out and you figured out and you guys were all laughing at me, which is totally fine. Um, you know, some of the guys were like, "You should have just left it there." I'm like, "Why am I going to leave a bag of food on the trail, whether or not it was intentional or not? Like, I'm just not going to do that." Like, right? You know what I mean? So, it, it was a good 
prank, I guess. But I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I kind of knew this was the item, but at the same time, I'm like, he's got me. He got me good. No, because I'm no. like, I'm not going to talk about this. You could have just left it there because I only had you carry it for about a mile and a half, and I simply could have dropped my pack and ran back and gotten it because. Like that was pretty much aside from that. That wasn't my dinners, but it was every other food item was in that bag. So I would yeah. not. I would have had to go back to get it, which pretty much ran out before the end of the trip, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> another um, sto- story there, yeah. But anyway, another, so thanks for carrying that. You're welcome. I think I made that prediction like back in November, and, I, and when I made it, I'm like, you're not going to remember this, but you were very aware of that on the trail. You're like, at some I was point, aware. you tried to get me to carry this, and. You did. All right, guys. Before we continue, I want to let you know about a a website called summitstrength.com.au. What they are all about is applying the principles of sports science and strength and conditioning to help you have more confidence and more capability out on the trail and on the mountain. So give them a check out, summitstrength.com.au. All right. Derek, so we went to a place we'd never been before, Olympic National Park, Washington State, Mm. What did you like about it? Yeah, I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed Olympic National. I think what was cool about it was just it was different, a different feel than all the other parks that I feel like we've been to. For me, just the sheer magnitude and size uh, of the trees and like just the the just the vastness of these forests that we were walking through. I love like that we were hiking along a river the whole time. The mountain passes were beautiful. Just some of the most beautiful scenery. I think we had some like sound of music type, you know, fields out there that we encountered. Beautiful, beautiful valleys. Everything was great. I do wish though, like we, I think we talked about it on the trail a little bit. We had some great spots to jump in the river and cool down. But I think what I really would have liked is to see a few more lakes. You know, we we ran into some snow, but one thing I really think is fun is like when you find a little lake and you can just take a little break there and jump in and goof around you don't have to worry about current and they and they have those i mean it's a vast wilderness area it's it's more to the north and it's super popular and so those were all reserved which makes yeah which i'd be happy to go back and explore that too because there's i mean yeah there were so many trails out there so much to do it was great right how'd you like do you like it okay so you answered my second question yes you answered my second question was which is would you go back i would go back that's a yes would Would you go back okay Okay. how'd you feel about it well, I will tell you, let me answer the first part as far as what I liked about Olympic National Park is definitely the old growth forest, kind of rainforesty stuff, trees. Yeah, I have not hiked in that environment before. There were, I think I counted five edible berries, mm, mm. mostly in the lower elevations, mm. but and some of them weren't quite ripe yet, but I still ate them anyway. And <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Man, I must have picked out on so many raspberries on those bushes. They were so good. Yeah, those were more, yeah, there were some raspberries. But the, I think what you're thinking of are the thimble berries, which are very similar to raspberries. They're a little bit mm. bigger. And, yeah, they're tasty for sure. Um, I, yeah, the mountain passes were definitely the highlight for me, for sure. Yeah. Things, yeah, we were in the forest for quite a long time, and I like to get up above the tree line, and the trail that we had got us there a few times, but not as long as I wanted to, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there were, yes, there were some issues I had with the trail that made it challenging for me, which I'll get to here in a little bit. I feel like on our backpacking trips and maybe everybody out there agrees with me, sometimes you get to the end and you're just exhausted. You're like, I have given it all. I'm happy to go get some pizza or hamburger or whatever. And you're done. 
And, but a lot of the trips I go on, I'm like, I kind of want to keep going. Like, I wish we had a day or two more or even longer. I just want to, I'm having a great time. I just want to stay out here and just continue having, you know, a good time. Maybe if I had more food, this and that. But uh, for this trip, when we were done, I was done. I was like, you know what? This was awesome. Had a great time. But I think, like, I was satisfied with my trip to Olympic. I don't think I'd go back. You don't think you'd go back at all? Wasn't your cup of tea? No, 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 it was, it was great. No, I had a great time. But I think I was like, I've experienced this now, and I'm good. Mm. You want to go somewhere else? I want to go somewhere okay. else, right. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. You know, in our last episode, the eight rookie mistakes episode, you know, we don't have our, the correct cooking system. We fixed that before the trip. We got the jet we boil. Did. That was a success. We we used the medium-sized canister. We're good. For seven it guys. Great. Yeah, four days, three nights. And some of those guys... <laughs> Like ate multiple meals, so mm. a lot of extra boiling going on. We still had, I want to say, like a quarter to a third of the canister left. And we donated afterwards. it to some people on the trail, which which was good. Yeah, because you can't fly with it. Can't fly with the canisters. Nope. Not supposed to. Can't do it. Can you might. I can't. Right. right. <laughs> True. So that being said, what is something that you wish you would have brought? Slippers. Does that sound weird? Slippers. Um, yeah, it does. Like a robe too. You wanna uh, maybe in just the, be like the guy uh, in the hotel. Maybe in the future, robe, but not right now. Okay. I think the slippers. <laughs> so what? I, normally, I wear the flip flops in camp, right? And okay. um, which is good because you can like air out the feet and you can relax and right. blah blah blah. So, uh, but I noticed like one of our buddies had slippers. And I was like, man, because it was so cold one day. I was like, I don't even want to take my shoes off. And I was thinking to myself, what right. if it, what if it had rained? What if it was wet? We're in Washington. We got really lucky with weather. What if it was wet, and I just had these flip flops? Like my feet would be freezing, right? So I was like, man, it would be really right. nice. You could go flip flops and flip flops and socks, though, right? Yeah, that's kind of ghetto. I think you know. <laughs> I was like, I would have loved some like warm. Like I have these old beat up UGG slippers at home. Just some something warm for your feet that's cushy. I, I think I might. I was wishing I had slipped them into my bag rather than my flip-flops on that trip. So might do that next year. You wanted year. to slip the slippers I on. did. I, I, th- I think okay. I might slip them into my bag next year and see how that goes. Okay. We'll see. Is it fair to say you had slipper envy? I did, and I fully was okay. admitting that. So, Right. What about you? What did you want to bring? So the item I wanted to bring was something you had, and I'm a shorts guy. When we go backpacking, I'm shorts... Mm. When we're on the trail, I'm sure it's like, I would say 100% of the time. Yeah, I did. And yeah, you true. have the, uh, yeah, the zip-off leg things, Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Which are common. Common on the trail. Totally fine. Yeah. And I just think I just get too hot in those, so I don't want to wear those, right? Yeah. But this trip, my friend, they were like gold. Yeah. Because the southern part of Olympic National Park is not very well maintained. No. And... There's stuff overgrowing the trail. There's lots of trees down. There's, like, signs broken. Yeah. The, the high pass we hit had the signpost there, and then the sign was, like, literally broken in half lying on a rock next to this. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? This is That's terrible. Type of ghetto. That we, is ghetto. We, we literally had an obstacle course on the descent of one of the passes. Like, oh, for oh, sure. Over, for sure. under, all kinds of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the things that was overgrowing the trail on one of this 3,000-foot descent we had was my new worst enemy, stinging nettle, mm-hmm. which is everywhere across the United States. But for whatever reason, I haven't come across it. I think I came across it once as a kid, like in Massachusetts or something. Yeah. And I have not experienced this before. And apparently, 
the symptoms of stinging nettle are worse if you've had uh, serious bouts of poison oak, which I have had. Mm. And so when I first got it, it was, I thought a bug got me or something. I was like, ow. And then it just didn't go away. Like it stung and repeatedly stung me for hours and hours and hours for the rest of the day. And I hit different spots. Anyway, all I have to say, you know, as we're recording this, I still have a significant rash on my calf Mm. from the stinging nettle. Mm. And had I had the hiking wow. pants, like I would have been better. I do. Uh, I've got some like those those waterproof pants, the black ones. Yeah, and those are hot. Thicker. Those could probably get hot. Yeah, I wore those for six miles the next day just so I wouldn't have to get more sting nettle. And man, I was sweating. You know, I can teach you about uh, what to wear on the trail if need be. I will say yeah. though, because you have the baby white skin, it is probably a little bit more baby susceptible. White skin. You're just more susceptible with that Colorado skin to the nettle probably wear. You know, if you wore the <laughs> zip-away pants, you know, something, I know you said they get hot, but something I do sometimes is I'll, I'll pour a little water on the pants, and uh, that's fine. Like, I'm yeah. cool on the trail. And I don't have to worry so about all these adding cuts weight to the pants, is what you're saying. Basically, saves me uh, from cuts and all your little stinging problems you guys had, which <laughs> which a couple of you guys had, you know, which is, right. I was like, oh, I did, was there something on the trail that was uh, uncomfortable? Like, I don't know, because I had these pants on. <laughs> is everybody else having problems? I'm great. Are you guys all suffering? I'm so sorry. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. But, um, yeah. Yeah, well, something to think about. I'm just, I, I wish I had that. And so, yeah. so I guess solution number one is simply to bring hiking pants. Solution number two is just never go there again. Or solution number three, which I think you will maybe do, is like, let's just go hike where there's no nettle, and then I can just wear shorts. And right. that might be, yeah. So Eventually, okay. we're going to hike where we can avoid all sorts of problems, right? Like no bear canisters. Yeah. You know, I think if you... Fires. There's a place called the... Um, like the Sahara Desert, which I, I think you can, kind mm. of, or the Gobi, you know, whatever. You just Gobi's good. Yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. I, I get, I get your point. Either way, yeah. I had the nettle, and and you know what? I, I bet most people listening out there are like, "What's the big deal? Like, this is everywhere. Maybe I can identify it." But even one of the guys that we were with, he was trying to like whack the bushes out of the way, and <laughs> he had a hard time identifying the nettle versus like one of the berry bushes. So let me tell you something, B and B listeners. Oh, this is why it's a big deal, okay? Because when you got a complaining Carl on the trail, <laughs> you it's almost like an additional hazard that you have to hike with. So, you know, right. I, I found myself fading back a few a few meters uh, just to avoid that. No, that's not what happened. Right. But um, yeah, it would be annoying, you know, if if you got stung. And a couple guys got, I think, stung. One guy, one of our guys, got stung by some bees, I think, as well, or, or horse flies, or something like that. What were you guys? Something there, yes. Yeah, so kind of, I think they were hornets, is what they were. Oh, and they were hornets. Okay. Yeah, and his ankles are still swollen from kind of the, the effects of that. So yeah, big I, deal, man. Yeah, big you know, deal. and I I take full responsibility for those stings because, as we all know, I am bro white. I I did not get stung by basically anything. Um, the animals love me, and I should have spread that love to our friends, and I didn't do that. So I apologize. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You it sounds like you had the perfect trip, but. We're going to no, find out later that no, you didn't. No, definitely did not. You didn't, no. like not even close. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. All right, so we like to kind of break things down into chunks here. And so I think a simple way to kind of address just how our trip went and some things that popped up, three things each of us learned from the trip, three takeaways. We're always learning. We're always trying to get better. We're not perfect. Even though we have a podcast, we always find ways to, to mess things up. And mm. this trip was no exception. Mm. So True. let's just go back and forth. What's, what's one of the things you learned? Three thi- one thing I learned was um, 
just that even though I was eating better and I was exercising, uh, and I and I felt like my energy was up, my endurance was up this trip. I had no problem in that department. I still feel like you know what I learned that my body is susceptible to to injury and to all kinds of little things. So you know, I got home, my knee was killing me, and my Achilles was killing me. And and I think we had talked about like it might have been due to, to the new pairs of shoes that I had had gotten uh, on the trip. But you know, just as much as you try to prepare for these trips, like you are always susceptible to something. I mean, I rolled my ankle probably three times and had a mild sprain. Right. Um, so things like that, like it's, it's always good to, you know, so I don't know, like next year I might bring a couple of little ankle supports or so. I don't know what I'll do next year. Just, I want to avoid those little things, which I don't feel like I've ever been a problem, but I, I do attribute a lot of what happened to my shoes, which I don't think okay. I'm going to be keeping. And I will Dude, not would you say that Would you say that was a rookie mistake? Uh, it's hard to say it was a rookie mistake because I feel like I wore the shoes a couple of days before and was walking around them. They felt great. But what, what I didn't yeah. realize is like when I got out on the trail of, and the trail had like so many different types of, uh, I guess texture to it. We had like mud. <laughs> is that weird to say? Rocky trail stuff. Texture. Mud, trail texture. Rocky stuff, okay. muddy stuff, uh, branches and trees. Um, so there was a lot of times where, you know, I would just not anticipate something and I would just roll my ankle and I was like, oh my right. gosh. So that was a frustrating thing for me because I don't normally do that. So um, I'm trying just, to decide if I really want to dig into this a little bit because, or did the listeners really just pick up on what you just said? What? Like you, did you they, tried out your shoes a couple times before the trip, but it sounds like not on the trail. So you, you feel like walking around on carpet with your shoes <laughs> is sufficient for no, like no, no, breaking no. them in. Number one, I don't have carpet. Number two, okay. I wore them. A, <laughs> I wore them a couple of days before the trip, meaning I wore them all day for two days. That is not enough, dude. Are you kidding? That's plenty. What are you talking about? That is plenty. We need to define what it means to break in something. We could. I don't have the luxury of going on trails all over the place. However, um, (laughs) no trails around my area would have prepared me for what we went on. I'll just say that. We have these nice, sanded, groomed trails where I live. That's, you know. Any uneven ground is helpful. And I'm just imagining that one of the days was you coming home from the store and the owner of the store, or the way where the cashier is like, would you like to wear those out of the store and put your old shoes in the box? And you, oh, with a, like a childlike grin, is like, absolutely. And you're counting that as one of your days. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm not going to answer that. But what happened was, it's true. <laughs> I think the I only get to wear my new shoes out of the store. <laughs> I mean, I live in the, I live in the city, right? So the only really uneven ground I have are like potholes and like curbs, you know. So it's not. Sounds like you got to address those. Just walk on some curbs and potholes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The last couple of shoes I've had have been phenomenal. So I think I'll probably go back to a similar brand um, okay. that, I, that I had left before. Champions what? find a way is all I'm going to say. So I finished the trip. Uh, there you go. You What's finished your- the trip and, and you actually hiked at a good clip, even though you're talking about your fitness and all this stuff. Like you actually yeah. went on really well. So I will give you that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. What do you got? Number okay. one. Okay. So my first thing I learned, and this is kind of like relates to the FKT as well. Yeah. The trip with Jared, and I think Jared like started to really notice this because he actually made a comment. But it, like, even though I was planning to talk about this, is yeah. I've just come to the conclusion that I absolutely hate water filters. Mm. I cannot find one that does mm. what I want it to do. What do, What do you exactly in like two sentences want it to do? Like, what do you want? I it want to do? it to not take forever, 
and I want it to be relatively lightweight. Mm, mm. And those things don't go hand in hand. Like you no. made the comment, you're like, yeah, if we had the, the heavy pump, right. like that's going to go faster. And you were right. Like it would have yeah. totally gone faster, but it weighs three times. Yeah. You know, it's like a sacrifice. Stuff, yeah. The, yeah. And, and, and Jared even complimented me on the system I had created where it was like, you could use it as a squeeze mm. or as a gravity. I kind of had like Frankenstein some pieces together to make it happen. And yeah. so the gravity was fine. It still wasn't working very fast, but it was fine at least. But, but when we were on the FKT and it took at one point like half an hour to filter water, right, right, right. I was getting so frustrated. And anyway, so I just have to come to the conclusion that there's no perfect water filter out there. You, you know, whether it's having to back flush frequently or just put up with slow filtration, like, you know, unless you're just doing the purification and, and letting all the, the floaties stay in your water, like, it, there's just no good solution. See, this is why I thought you'd be more apt to have, like, an inline bladder system. It's, this is what I thought would get you back to the bladder, is the inline mm. dip and go or something. But, you know, I don't... Yeah, I don't... no, no, no. That, and again, we talked about that. That works, except if you want to put some electrolyte powder and then it filters that out. That wouldn't, so why, yeah. So, I mean, you could have, I know you only brought one bottle, um, but, you know, you could have that quick for the trail and then you could have like a sport bottle for the, I, yeah. use, I use one specifically for the powder stuff. And yeah. it, it seems to work pretty good. Maybe I'll try that next year. Either, either way, everything I've yeah. tried so far has failed, so I'm open to new ideas. Yeah. So there it's you go. It's annoying. It's definitely annoying. Speaking of, speaking of, okay. Yeah. You are not allowed to look this up, but one of the arguments we had mm. on the trail that was entertaining yeah. was I asked you what – I think I said, like, what do electrolytes do? And then I think I even asked you for examples of electrolytes. Yeah. And what Derek does when he feels attacked and realizes he does not have an answer <laughs> is he's like he's like, <laughs> he, he basically says, I'm not going to play your games, Carl. I'm not going to play your games. So he attacks me. Why do you always get to ask me this stuff? This is what you do. This is what you do, Carl. Mm-hmm. And you never give me an answer. So, you know, you've had time to look it up in the meantime. What, what's, tell me about electrolytes. Well, before I will answer you. However, what's, <laughs> I'll answer you specifically as well. Uh, okay. what's, what's funny about this is Carl likes to ask these questions to put you people on the spot. And so to see like, oh, you know. I like only do it to you. I know, and it's kind of you're like, oh, you know, what's a what's an infidelum? Oh, oh, you don't <laughs> you don't know what an infidelum is? There, come on, dude. Like, you call yourself a backpacker and you don't even know what that is? No, no, it's so, a different situation because you're throwing that term around. Like, you have heard that term a lot. You're throwing it around, but I don't think you're alone. This is why I'm pointing this out in the podcast. I think there's people out there who are like, yeah, you need electrolytes when you're drinking water. But they don't really know what they do. First of all, I know what an electrolyte is. Second of all, I knew what you were doing. I just didn't want to play your game. I just didn't want to do it. So I called I you out. And then second. when I say I don't want to play the game, you tend to push even harder. Well, he really doesn't know what an electrolyte <laughs> is. He has no idea. So an electrolyte, right. an electrolyte is are basically minerals that are basically uh, electric. They they have like you know uh, calciums and magnesiums and. Little things that allow your, they give your body more energy. They communicate with your body to give you more energy, to help you be okay. more active and stuff. That's, I guess, All right. basically what I think it is. So, you have a different opinion gotcha. on that? I mean, you want to. I just have the what it does, like what they are. Like, that's not an opinion. No. Um, that is what it is. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, I guess the byproduct would be that you'd have more energy, but it basically, they enable the, you, they enable you to be hydrated by absorbing water into your system. So now so, we're all, so I have to be a scientist with you. Is that what you're saying? No. It's a simple, simple definition. Absorb water into your system. 99% of all Americans describe it like this. Yeah, electrolytes give me energy, therefore I want them. 
They're good. Okay. Well, people can make that determination that are listening. But um, when you think of things that absorb water, the most common one is, is sodium. And uh, actually, magnesium, you mentioned that one. That one does commonly go like with electrolyte mixes. I don't think that that by itself is an electrolyte, but potassium found in bananas and mm, mm. phosphate. These are off the top of my head. But anyway, those are... Yeah, those are great. And next episode, guys, Carl's going to do a question and answer on scientific backpacking terms. Uh, okay. So you guys can do that if you want. Electrolytes, common backpacking terms. So <laughs> what's, your, what's the next... Okay, besides electrolytes, what else did you learn about? Uh, I learned that there weren't enough hours in the day. I, and I know we've gone, on, we've gone over this before in the sense that there... We, we go back and forth with how many miles do we do in the day? And how much hang time do we have after the day's over? And I right. felt like we, and we talked about we got these late starts, and we did about 10-ish miles a day, which is normally pretty good. I feel like we can get that done in a decent amount of time. Now, if we had left every day at like 9-ish, like we normally might or should do, uh, you know, then we're getting into camp a little bit early, like 4 or 5 o'clock. A lot earlier. And I think this trip, we just kind of lollygagged a lot. And and like you said, it might be because guys wanted to chill and sleep in and whatever. Um, but, you know, we got into camp like 6 or 7. The sun's just starting to go down. We still have to set up camp. And by the time you do all that and eat dinner, you don't have much time for anything else, which is kind of a bummer. So, you know, I had I will say I had some really good chats on the trail this year with, with pretty much all the guys. And... I was kind of bummed because I felt like the the camp time would kind of lagged. It was kind of a bummer because I felt like we usually do more. And most guys were like, I'm just so tired. I want to go to bed. It's like 1030, you know, whereas right, normally right, right. normally we're up to like what, like one, two or I don't know. We're Not up two, late. but yeah, yeah I'm with you on the one, 1 a.m. Yeah, for sure. So gotcha. I don't know. That, that, I think I just learned that like it, it's, it's so important to try to either sacrifice – a little bit and get going a little bit earlier just so you can have more quality time together when you get to camp and hang out a little bit. So I don't know. That was my thing. That's yeah. So we did like an, I think we did like an 11 mile a day average and not, I mean, we had some big elevation days, but nothing massive. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, of, of solutions for this. Yeah. Building in kind of a shorter day here and there. We didn't have a lot of options to be honest with, with this particular trip, but we can, Definitely find trips with more options no. and make that happen for sure. So not enough hours in the day. That's that's a good one. Yeah, we didn't we didn't mm. get done, including recording a podcast mm. and some other things we want to do. We did not get everything done. My second thing was kind of in the trip planning phase. So when you are doing, I think they still call this is still considered a through hike since we're going point to point across the park. And when you're doing that in a remote location where you're not going to be renting multiple cars and we have like a bigger group or whatever you have to employ a shuttle service. Right. And sometimes the national parks have that shuttle service for you. Uh, there's a couple parks, in fact, like Glacier, like Yosemite, that you can actually make that work for you. You might have to wait a little you know, while when you get there. Um, but there's other parks like this one that do not. And so they have private shuttle services that you've got to pay for. So I went and just did like, you know, Olympic National Park, did a Google search, shuttle service. First one, clicked on it, called them up. And they basically said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a long shuttle from, you know, your point A to point B. But, yeah, we can do that for your guys. That's going to be uh, $700. $700. That's so absurd. <laughs> that's so absurd. I was, like, I was like, okay, so, do, you know, it's like 100 bucks a person. 
And apparently it was a long shuttle. They're like, that's going to be a, you know, a three, three and a half hour shuttle. And we got to bring the van and we're coming from all the way over here. And mm. so, so then I go down to the next search result, second one. And I call this guy named Bill. And he's Bill. like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I can do seven guys. That's going to be $425. Yeah. Which is still horrible, right? It's still horrible. Yeah. Right, but we didn't have as many options at this point. Like I said, we were, were going to Washington. All the, the our kind of top choices were taken at this point. So I was like, all right, that's better. So yeah. what did I learn? I learned that when you decide to go with option number two and save hundreds of dollars, you are going to pay for it in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And we did. Bill, hey, Bill, we're going to have seven guys going. All right, he calls me up like a month before the trip. Are your seven guys still coming? Nobody's backed out? We got seven guys coming. All right. A couple days before, got seven guys coming. We're good to go. He shows up with a seven-passer minivan, which happens to carry himself. So he's got spots for six more guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Uh. and when we say minivan, I mean like a 1995 Mercury that looked like it could die any second. Yeah, it was it had disaster potential written all over it. And he was a talker. And one thing about me is if somebody is talking to me while I'm oh, trying to, man. like, pack and load things, I am for sure, like, 100% going to forget something mm. because I can't, I, I can't be polite and distracted yep. and try to do that at the same time. So I went up, I talked to him, I tried to kind of take care of that up front, and then he followed me and stayed with me and chatted at me the whole time. And so we didn't bring one of the maps. and. Yeah. Uh, my pillow got kind of like, you know, basically fell out of the backpack into my duffel. That didn't make it. And mm. anyway, one guy's at one point was sitting on the floor in the minivan. And, and, and he said this trip was going to take two hours. Ended up taking three and a half. And we got like a super late start. And, um, and Bill was a character. <laughs> he was Bill the Thrill, baby. Bill the Thrill. What was your favorite thing about Bill? Uh, just as his, uh, he just didn't care. Like, he was all about Sasquatch. He was all about talking politics. Like, he was all about telling right. dirty jokes. Like, he did. He was himself. He didn't care. There right. was no compromising that whatsoever. So, I, I, part of me, like, admired that. And then part of me is like, this guy has no awareness of, like, you know, I don't know. It was. His, yeah, who's clientele were for sure. Funny. So, we had one guy trying to sleep to, to try to not talk to him anymore. He was right in the front seat. <laughs> and then you had Derek in the back seat. He's like, Carl, ask him more Sasquatch questions. And so then I, I'm like, I don't know what to ask him. Like, he, his Sasquatch rhetoric was actually convincing me, you know, more that Sasquatch weren't real, even though he was a believer. <laughs> I'm like, Carl, this is your chance, man. Right. This is your chance. Right. And, uh, so, so anyway, great. I. Like, if you get stuck with having to do a super expensive shuttle, just, you know, maybe go with the pros and not some random guy on the side of the road with a 1995 minivan. That's all I'm trying to say. Well played. Yeah. Well played. All right. Third one. What I learned from this trip, guys, is two things. Uh, This is a part A, part B. And it's mostly about Carl. I feel like, A, (laughs) Carl has baby soft skin. I learned about that. I didn't really pay attention to that. You you already knew that. You've been saying that for like a couple years Yeah, but, you know, when you got stung and it was just, it was like a... Oh, not the feet, just in general. Yeah, the, well, yeah, there's that too. So that's one, baby soft skin. And number two was like, if Carl doesn't have his pillow, he is a nightmare to be around. Because he's like, I need my pillow, guys. Like, <laughs> I don't think you understand, guys. Like, I need a pillow. So 
I was, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I'm sure Carl will tell you what happened to me. I was still willing to give him my fluffy, cushy pillow. You were. But you we were. had another guy who's just like a total baller. He's like, I don't even need a pillow. Just take my pillow. So we had multiple right. guys offering pillows because Carl left his in the van or whatever because Bill was talking his ear off. So I just learned, you know, the fragility of, of Carl. And I just need to be more aware. I don't know if that means I need to bring extra gear for him or just call him the night before and be like, look, did you bring your underwear, your socks, your your ointments, your pillows? Like, do you have everything that you need <laughs> so that you can have a comfy trip, buddy, even though you've been doing this for 25,000 years? So that's kind of what I learned, yeah. Making fun of me without the pillow. I think that's fair, actually. I will, I will absorb that. I didn't ask anybody for their pillow, but you and another guy kindly you offered. Kinda, you kind of guilted us. I feel like you guilted us. Eh, maybe. I don't, I don't think, if, if so, okay. that was intentional. But I did, I will say that I did check them, like, you know, whatever, multiple times. Like, are you sure mm-hmm. about this? Like, this is, because he brought this down pillow that was amazing yeah. and it did, he did not think that was a very big deal to not to give up his pillow and for me it was a really big deal yeah. to have a pillow so i was happy to take it but for sure point derek you are correct on that one nobody wants a grumpy carl i'll just tell you that nobody so early in season one we had this episode called how to lose a backpack and we're explaining something that we have on our trip called the flushy award which is a toilet seat which is three pounds and whoever makes the biggest blunder has to carry it the following year and yeah. I thought it was this hilarious award. I've, I've actually since come to hate it. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so, so anyway, so my last one is about the Fleshy Award. And so my last thing that I learned is that the gear list is not foolproof. So I'm going to tie these things together. Okay. And I realized this after we all left each other, but I tried to come clean at our post-trip lunch and i tried to own everything and say just give me the fleshy award because Mm. my alternative motive was to take the fleshy award and to burn it like darth vader's mask at the end of return of the jedi Mm. and i was just going to destroy the thing because it's like it's negative award that i don't like anymore Uh, i was pretty upfront about it so of course i didn't win it and somebody (laughs) else won it but you know what after further contemplation derek you were the Mm. one my friend, that should have like clearly and obviously won it. And why I don't me? think you have any argument against this. There's two reasons why you should have won this award, okay? Really? Okay, I'm curious. Yeah, I think this is clear, and I think that had we talked about this at lunch, I think you would have won it going away. Okay. Anyway, okay. so the first thing is about the gear list not being foolproof is that you, my friend, did not hmm. have your sleeping pad. What happened? Did I forget it or did I get lost? What happened? So we thought that maybe the same thing happened to your pad that happened to my pillow. Like maybe it's just uh-huh. kind of like rolling around in the, the you know minivan rental that we had. Uh-huh. But when we got back, like you were pretty elusive and didn't mention it and mm. didn't say that you found it. And then we dropped off the airport. Again, mm-hmm. no mention of the sleeping bag. So I think you forgot it. Uh, no, I didn't forget it. It's not in my garage. Uh, I think what happened was it got left in Bill's trailer thing or it fell out of the trailer so you think it got dislodged i think like, it got what, what dislodged think give, give me your, give me your conspiracy theory here i had a zipper that was not all the way zipped i have a side zipper to my main compartment that holds you know a lot of stuff and it was okay. in there and i think that that it, it must have fallen out because it was right on the edge um so i'm gonna have to go get a new sleeping pad which is very unfortunate so so you're blaming uh, bill 
I'm blaming Bill and his trailer hitch that constantly smashed against the ground and grinded uh, <laughs> along the asphalt throughout the trip. So it was only a matter of time before somebody was going to lose something. And luckily it was me and my sleeping mat. But uh, nonetheless, I MacGyvered my way through the trip and used what the Lord gave me on this trail. We're in Washington, Carl. So we had a lot of what? peat moss everywhere so i would peel off tons of peat moss i put it under the tent i made my own mat which was a good inch or two it was actually really comfortable yeah. uh not not sleeping that comfortable but definitely do i actually slept pretty good nights one and night three i didn't use anything because the ground was so lush um it was great so but night two was a little rough but we survived you know we we, we used what right. we had and uh, it worked so okay that was so all right, so we'll blame Bill then. I did first of all just kind of side note on on that is yeah he did have this behind his minivan was it was carrying all of our gear. There was this kind of like I don't know nineteen seventies yeah. IKEA made trailer you know IKEA stuff mm. you kind of pull too hard and it kind of comes apart. So so that part Derek <laughs> was correct. Um, yeah, was it Bill's fault? He didn't zip everything up correctly. Mm, not so sure about that. But anyway, I, your your solution <laughs> still, still doubting. Still doubt Your solution it. was golden. The you know the 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 problem though I'm still gonna put put you on that one. So, mm. but that's just far, that's just part of it, man. The, the the bigger part of your issue was mm. that you did not put in the full effort to fulfill the debt that you owed to me in the way of the Apple necklace. Uh, and yes, yes. we'll talk about what ended up happening, but basically. Uh, if I understand this correct, Derek was concerned about bringing fruit across borders between states and didn't want to have to deal with any you know issues with the bugs or whatever. And so he did not bring apples with him. And even though we stayed at a hotel and there were apples at the breakfast buffet the next morning, and we had mm-hmm. opportunities to stop at multiple stores in the state of Washington, which is of course known for apples. Exactly. We start the trail, and he does not have the apple necklace with him. Correct. That is correct, Carl. Okay. Uh, this really bothered Carl. He was re- he was deeply wounded. I, I tried sure. to reassure him this wasn't a personal attack. Um, no, but no, no, luckily, I, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't wounded as a, as a personal attack. I okay. was really disappointed in your character. <laughs> <laughs> like you, I, I guess I just thought I'd have more apples readily available. I felt bad about stealing seven apples from a hotel. So I was like, surely there's going to be some apples at a store nearby. Like, surely. And it just didn't happen. And it it was my fault. I take full responsibility. However, you seem to have a backup plan. And what was that backup plan? I didn't have a backup plan. This is guys that, because I didn't find out about this until we were on the trail. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, are you serious? Like, at first I didn't believe it. I was like, no, Derek, he's a man of his word. Like, for sure, he's he's messing with us. Of course he has the apple necklace. And then Mm. you're like, no, no, I really don't have it. And at that point, I was incredulous. <laughs> but you know what? We have some awesome dudes that go with us, and some of the we guys, do. specifically yep. Rocky and Jared, the uh, the FKT champs, they yep. they grab the apples from that breakfast buffet, and mm. they help make they helped forge the apple necklace on the trail mm. where you could get attacked by a Sasquatch. I did, I did, and so I, yeah, it was uh, credit to them. They were awesome. They came through with the apple necklace. We ch- figured out how to chain it together without ruining the apples. Um, so I wore that for a while, which it was right. uh, it was it was heavy. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, 
we'll, we'll have some footage or some pictures of that. Yeah, we will. But he, he was willing to wear it, so credit to you. And um, anyway, so I, so for those two reasons why I think you should have earned the Fleshy Award, and for those reasons, I think the Gearless is not foolproof as you proved that to be the case. Well, the Gearless, I brought everything on the Gearless. I think you are the one that actually forgot to you know, make sure the pillow was where it was supposed mm. to be. Whereas I had my gear, but no, it I'll, was... I'll, I'll own the pillow thing for sure. Okay. Um, you got to own the, the pad and then the Apple necklace. That's, that's part of your gear, man. It, it was, and I'll take responsibility for that. Okay. Um, but you really wanted the fleshy, and because you really wanted it, nobody wanted to give it to you, which I thought was actually a really good strategy. Okay, so hey, b- before I bash you too much here, I do got to give you credit for your peat moss pad. Like that was, he put a lot of effort into that, and he did a really good job on that. Yeah. I was impressed. So thumbs up to that. And then the second thing he did really well was day one, like it had been raining for days before we arrived, and then we were still getting a little bit of rain here and there as we're hiking. And yeah. as we're hiking, I'm looking around at everything, and everything is soaked. Like everything is soaked in the forest. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Derek... I don't think you're getting a fire started here because like, I just don't see anything dry. Like there's no, mm. I don't even like you got to start with something, right? You have to start with something dry, a pine needle, anything, something. something. It took yeah. you a while, but you got the fire going. It took me a while. Uh, we, it was a the first night was a group effort. We had we had three of us working on that fire. So credit to uh, you know a couple of our guys in our group. So I was glad we got it started finally. The, the other the other two nights were pretty pretty basic and straightforward, but that first night, man, it was it was a challenge. It was a real challenge. Yeah, no, I, that was that was impressive, and you had it going like it kind of it just took a while. I was like, I don't think it's gonna happen. So I was kind of the, the the doubter of the group. I was glad we got that thing going, but um, all right. So that we kind of hit the highlights, some of the details, the things we've been talking about. Just thanks for listening. Hopefully, there's some things you can pull out of that in the realm of backpacking. So let's go, let's hit trivia, man. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, Log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, MidwayUSA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, Check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. 
If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, so I did trivia last time. Derek, much like a trip, a little unprepared. So on the fly, I've got some Washington trivia for you. Let's do it. All right, so we kind of referenced some berries. Number one, on our trip, we encountered five different edible berry bushes. Can you name four of these berries? Oh, I think so. Okay, okay. we have, let's see, uh, blackberries. Yep. We had, we had blueberries and raspberries. Yep. And uh, what was the other one? Thimbleberries. Yeah, nice. What was the What was the fifth one? You guys were uh, huckleberries trying? weren't quite ripe yet. The ones we we encountered. Oh, I don't even think I saw those. Yeah, they were oh, green. I ate them anyway. That's they, disgusting. They weren't very good. I only tried them once. Anyway, okay, so good on the berries, and we yeah. mainly had the uh, thimbleberries and the blackberries. But there's one area that had a lot of blueberries that we were just kind of getting after. Uh, so that was awesome. So good. Yeah. That okay. Was phenomenal. You know, it's funny about that side note about that is when I see articles written about like, hey, go hike here and then eat the berries. I want, I always wonder, I think, aren't, aren't other hikers going to be eating these berries too? And it's going to, you know, all the ones next to the trail are going to be kind of taken. But I didn't realize mm-hmm. how many berries would be out there. They're just all over the place, which is awesome. Yeah, they were so, everywhere. And also some, a lot of hikers don't even eat the berries, so they're missing out. Mm. Uh, okay, number two, can you name a famous long trail that people through hike that goes through the state of Washington. The PCT, Pacific Coast Trail. Hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Well, e- or the John. Muir, well, are you talking about John Muir? I well, I can't give you the answer, of course, but you kind of you're on. Tra- I'm gonna say I'll say John Muir. I'll say John Muir. Okay, so you think John Muir Trail goes through Washington? It doesn't start in Canada, right? Does the John Muir Trail start in Canada? Does this start in Canada? All right. I've never done the whole thing. I just want you to keep talking because like, I think you're highly entertaining people right now. <laughs> just, <laughs> I probably, I've never done the whole thing. John Mishra goes Yosemite to Mount Whitney, and it is incorrect. You said PCT, PCT. Which, was, which was about to be correct, but then you said Pacific Coast Trail. It's Pacific Crest Trail. I mean Crest. <laughs> but it's Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> that was my number one answer. So let's go with okay. that. Correct. Okay. Perfect. Um, why did I think John Muir? I thought John Muir started in Canada for some reason. Yeah, you th- you're just thinking of PCT. So, okay, the other one is the Pacific Northwest Trail, which starts either in Washington or or in Glacier National Park up by Canada as well. So, you actually did the start of that in our Glacier trip. The what? Okay. The North Third Park? question, Washington related. Can you name two big time famous companies that started in the grand state of Washington? Oh, we were just talking about this. It was uh, Google. And uh, was it Microsoft? So your answers are Google and Microsoft. All right, so Google is a California-based company. And Microsoft, strangely, in Mexico. Yeah. You know, I thought Microsoft because I know Bill Gates had a house in Washington. Yeah, but doesn't Bill Gates have a house like in every state? Can he afford that? Yeah, he does. I guess I just associated that with where. Right. It started, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay. Well, there's... there's. Uh, I'm more of an Apple guy. More of an Apple guy, which I think actually started in uh, Washington. Uh, no, Cupertino, California, my friend. Dang it! Yeah. Okay. The reason why I know I'm that is off. because I've got... Um, my wife's grandmother bought a house in Cupertino like forever ago for $10,000. And then... Oh, geez. Apple, like, literally across the street 
started building their headquarters there. So now it's worth like a million and a half. So wow, kind of crazy. Uh, the one that I thought you were going to say is one of your favorite companies of all time, which is Costco. Mm, Amazon does. I know. Oh, I should have said Amazon. Amazon started in Washington. Yeah. Amazon. I think you heard about that one. That's not the other one I was thinking of. The other one, we actually passed when we were walking around Seattle. There's a line mm. out the door just to take pictures inside the very first Starbucks. Starbucks. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't drink coffee, so I don't really yeah, so that one. Yeah, that. that one you're excused from. I'm not a coffee either. So, right. But the Costco one, I thought you'd get. All right. So you, you get the berries one, and that's about it. Mm. So you just came back from Washington and didn't learn a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least i didn't get stung by everything so that's good uh touche 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 all right <laughs> that gonna do it that's gonna do it for us today guys i clearly need to work on my washington trivia so i apologize to everybody who lives in washington it has been a ride though we will see you guys next month in august for another episode before the start of season three thanks again guys and remember it is not backpacking unless Carl whines along the way. Just so you guys know, I, I, I G-rated it for the episode, but I really want you guys to know, Carl, he's, he's just allergic and sensitive to anything with a pointy tip. So I'm going to give you some examples of things that he's allergic to. Just write these down in case you ever hike with him or go to lunch with him. Uh, cactus, obviously. Um, you know, we have uh, thorny bushes, rose, rose bushes, obviously. Uh, combs and brushes are allergic. So he can't really comb his hair, really. Uh, toothbrush bristles are involved. And so he, you know, you can imagine what his teeth are like. I'll just say that. And then he's he's really heavy on the water pick. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and finally, shockingly, but really, the end of a baby's hair. So he shaves all his kid's head. And that's what he's done. Even his daughter has a bald head. So there you go. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.